The year is 2008. New albums by Frankenstein's Jukebox alumni Taylor Swift, Childish Gambino, They Might Be Giants, Mountain Goats, OK Go, Vampire Weekend, Tegan and Sarah, The Wonder Years, and Peter Gabriel, who finishes working on an album that he's been working on since 1991, are released. On March 19th, an energy release of a gamma ray burst called the GRB 080319B is the brightest event ever recorded in the universe. On June 1st, a fire breaks out at Universal Studios Hollywood, resulting in widespread damage and reportedly destroying up to 175,000 master recordings by over 700 artists from the 1930s to the 2000s. The full extent of the damage was not made public until 2019, and sometime in about mid-September, the United States economy broke. But it was also a good year. The first two movies in the MCU were released, and the public began clamoring for a project that would unite the timelines laid out in these and subsequent films. The Green Party began an ultra-covert campaign for recognition, influencing the debut of popular products heavily associated with the color green, such as Hulu, Android, Spotify, The Incredible Hulk movie, Breaking Bad, and Ben 10 Alien Force. Can these two incredible hunks reach an agreement in the construction of a compromise that is not only 2000 and good, but is, in fact, 2000 and great? This is Frankenstein's Jukebox. <laughs> everyone and welcome to Frankenstein's Jukebox. Um, my name is James and I'm joined by my wonderful other host, Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Hello, James. You ever do a podcast once a month and forget entirely um, everything about what happens after the intro? Frequently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. There's a show that I do called uh, Frankenstein's Jukebox where that is a consistent issue with me. That show sounds interesting and alluring. I'd like to think that it is. Nice. Well, here we are once again uh, in the 2000s. It's 2008. And uh, I guess the first thing that I have to ask you, of course, Daniel, how was your 2008? My 2008 was good. I stopped working at the portrait studio that I was working at at the time okay. in early 2008 because they were only able to give me like they were only to, able to keep me on as a seasonal employee and the manager was like I don't want to do that so they brought me in for more hours that I didn't log and they paid me literally cash in an envelope from petty cash oh well Portrait of a shady dealing, if you yes. will. Yes. Uh, so I left that job so that I could focus on finding a full-time job. Uh, sure, sure. Which I did in April when I started working at Macy's. I remember when you left Macy's. Uh, do you? Oh, from our... Uh, from th- previous times. Not, not we... because I was going to be like, you. Di- I didn't know you back then. Uh, <laughs> no. No, from our previous years. Uh, Yes. So I started working at Macy's. I believe that was the year that I took a trip to Texas. My mom and sister and I drove from North Carolina to Texas and back, but we took different routes each way so that we drove through basically all of the states um, on our way you know, we, we took 40 out, and then we took 10 and 4 back. That also was where we stopped for a bit in Texarkana, which is just an amazing, amazing town, uh, mm-hmm. having spent a very brief amount of time there, um, because it is on the state line of Texas and Arkansas, and, right. like, that's its whole thing. <laughs> Plus that R.A.M. song. Plus that R.A.M. song, and, of course, Texarkana is... Where there is beer in uh, 
Oscar-worthy movie, Smokey and the Bandit, the famous line from the song that, of course, everybody knows uh, is, the boys are thirsty in Atlanta, and there's beer in Texarkana. Of course, of course. So that is in, you know, westbound and down as they're driving out there, and then eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking uh, mm-hmm. is where they're, when they're moving it back. But anyway, uh, Texarkana is super, like, like, kitschy about being on that split. My sister and I took a great picture of us on the on our cell phones to each other on opposite sides of the state line. Sure. And it just worked out well because like one is one state in, in the like state line marker, one is blue and one is red and I was wearing blue and she was wearing red and we were standing on opposite sides of it. It's a great picture. Well composed. Yeah. Hey, because of the portrait studio probably. Yeah, we definitely it was something that we planned. It was not. <laughs> But yeah, I think all in all, my, my 2008 was pretty good. Yeah, I, I think I had a pretty good 2008. How about you? I realized that I could be looking at my uh, my my uh, blogger blog uh, for when I took a to, did a blog for blogging the blog, and so I did do that. And uh, it looks like uh, two, I had forgotten this. Uh, late 2007, early 2008 was when uh, Molly, who was just a, a little puppy then, chewed the cord that connected my hard drive my external hard drive where i had all my music on it to uh power so i didn't have a hard drive for months and months and months and months and months so i had to basically just be like i guess what's on my ipod is what's on my ipod so that was that was a very 2008 thing oh boy boy do you remember the the years when we would load songs up onto our ipods and just have that as what was available for music at the time and if we wanted to change it up we had to plug it up to our computer and change it again before I had an iPod, I had a not iPod MP3 player, and it was small enough that I still, when I when certain songs come on, I'm like, this was one of the songs that was short enough that I would put it on my MP3 player. Nice. Because it was short. I was doing a lot of blogging. I was doing this like March Madness band thing, like, oh, this, this person versus this person. Let's uh, vote for it. Things I was doing when I had a blog, but didn't have a podcast, and didn't also have access to lots of new music i did go see uh passenger do you know the band passenger i do know the band passenger uh we saw them in 2008 in annapolis because my friend andy is up on like he's that guy that's like yeah i've I've known about them because i heard about them on british music podcast or blog or whatever three years ago so the fun story of that is uh i told the guy i think his name's mike yeah i've been listening to the the cd uh of yours that my friend andy who's standing right next to me, burned me. And I've been really enjoying it. And the guy's like, so... So you've burned my... Okay. And I was like, uh... And then that was that that interaction. And he was like, you dummy. And I was like, yeah, fair. Um, I also uh, discovered this band, My First Earthquake, which is really good. I was doing some stuff where it was like I would get stuff in in the email and I'd be like, hey, this is pretty good. Um, and then I would, uh, I would post about it. I also have something to say about, so, uh, of Montreal is a band that, uh, was like an honor roll monster, honor roll monster, uh, that we talked about before we started recording. And I have a post here from October 22nd, 2008. Uh, the second paragraph is, is the, the, it's called a really quick secret post from work regarding of Montreal and brackets. So I'm not going to talk about the bracket stuff, but, uh, now onto the real reason I called you here today. So of Montreal is getting bigger and bigger, right? Why don't I have anything from them past 2000, when by all accounts they really started to hone their craft in around 2001? I got a couple of their albums from my friend Casey in college, and while I enjoy listening to the cute beatle tunes when they come up on shuffle, I never really considered them a real band. And then I talked about how I saw them on a paste the cover of a paste mag. They were like the cover story of a paste magazine. I was like, I think I might be listening to the wrong section of their career. <laughs> like if you're like, yeah. yeah, the Beatles are good. Kind of a lot of covers and sort of samey sounding stuff. I've only listened to the first three albums though. Do they get better? It's like, <laughs> yeah, you should listen to more probably. And that was me. So that's a post. That's an example of a post that I would write where I'm like, hey, I'm not listening to this music. Well, see you later. Send. Amazing. Post blog. So yeah, the uh, just another example. Um, and it's funny because I still think that like. You you tell me about of Montreal or you talk about of Montreal and I'm like, yeah, I still don't think I've listened to the right stuff. 
<laughs> I'll I'll make you a Spotify playlist. Perfect. It's basically it. going to be uh, Icelandic twins and Satanic Panic in the Attic, and those are the the good albums. Can you call it of Dantrial? Yes. So that is my 2008. It was a lot of blogging. I didn't have kids yet, um, and I had a go nowhere career. But Kristen's career was taken off. So I was blogging a lot. Oh, we moved house. We moved into this house in 2008. Nice. Yeah. I've seen so, part of that house, and it is, it you is have, nice. No one can deny that you've seen part of this house. That's true. And I challenged them to prove write it. A review, write a five-star review on, a, on Apple Podcasts challenging the idea that Daniel has been in my house. But just the front part. Right. Just the entryway. Right, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, challenge that. I dare you. Okay, so, hey, Daniel, uh, I think that um, what we should do next is talk about our honorable monsters for 2008. What do you think? I would love to do that. Cool. What do you What do you have for me that you didn't pick to talk about on our main area of the show today? It's not that they weren't good enough. It's not that they weren't up to snuff. It's just that we didn't pick them. I've got a lot. So, uh, as you mentioned, the Mountain Goats had an album come out. It was called Heretic Pride. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a very good album and includes one of my probably top five favorite Mountain Goat songs, maybe. Okay. Um, it's one that always creeps up there. Like, if it's not in the top five, it's close. And then as soon as I'm in the mood for a good, like, mm-hmm. hard rockin' Mountain Goat song, Lovecraft in Brooklyn is so good. Um, it's got, like, strong guitars. It's produced well. It has this, like, these, like, whining strings at times that sound like things Ooh. are just, like, coming out of the air at you. It's It's got some desperate-sounding singing Love that. I, lo- nice. I love it. It's a great song. After Hours by We Are Scientists mm, uh, okay. is a, a great song. It has this very like new crush that you're like following. Not like following, like that you're pursuing. God, boy, that doesn't, I can't. A new crush that you're exploring feel to it. Mm. It's hard to explain because like. The chorus is, this night is winding down, but time means nothing. Ooh. As always at this hour, time means nothing. One final, final round, because time means nothing. Say that you'll stay. I love it. It's a great song. My uh, twin sister put it on a uh, playlist for me once. A very, like, a very important playlist for me. Death Cab for Cutie had an album came out that had uh, two songs that I really loved on it. Um, Let's see if we pick the same songs. No Sunlight. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Calf? Oh, uh, well, I also liked uh, You Can Do Better Than Me and the full eight-minute version of uh, I Will Possess Your Heart because uh, I like eight-minute um, anything. Yeah, I mean, same. <laughs> to, to be fair, also, yes. Those, yeah, like... For sure. Great, great songs. I Will Possess Your Heart almost doesn't count because it's sort of like I wouldn't have picked it because it's... It's not as special to me as the other one. Anyways. Yeah, no, I understand. At the time, No Sunlight and Kath really were, like, huge. Uh, you mm-hmm. Can Do Better Than Me was, uh, I, I think, more of a long stay for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one that still comes up on my Spotify, and No Sunlight and Kath, not as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it's all good. Yeah, for sure. It's People don't talk about that one enough, I, f- I feel like. like yeah. It's it's better than people remember for sure, yeah. except us. And uh, Margot and the Nuclear So and Sos, which I have yes. long said is one of just the most hipstery band names. Uh, and let's be honest, kind of a hipstery band, but I love them nonetheless. Mm. And they released two albums this year. What happened was they went to their label, Epic Records. And they're like, hey, we're working on this album. Here we go. This is this is what we've got. And Epic said, mm, no, we prefer these songs. 
So mm. in a different order and some different songs, they're like, okay, we know you've got like Mariel's Brazen Overture. We know you've got this other song and this other song that you don't have in this lineup that we think you should have in this lineup. Uh, and so much work. It's so, God. so much work. Just let your artist release your stuff. Right? Let your artists do what they want to do. But basically what happened, and I said Mariel's Brazen Overture, but that's one that the, that Epic said, no, don't include that one. Mm. So they released two albums. They released the band's version of it, which they called Animal, with an exclamation point. It's Animal! And then at the same time, they released Epic Records' preferred version of it, which is not Animal. <laughs> and I just... No punctuation. Uh, no, there's still an exclamation point. Oh, is there? Yes, so it is animal and not an... Wait, no, you're right. I'm wrong. It is animal and not animal. <laughs> no no punctuation. And uh, I just love that they were just like, this one is our album. This one is not our album. <laughs> and we're just like, hey, Epic? Fuck you. Yep. Uh, which I'm not surprised at, based off of the things I've heard about Epic Records before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know they did not do well by another one of my favorite bands, They Might Be Giants. Mm. Uh, so mm-hmm. they can fuck off into the sun. Mm-hmm. Those are my honorable monsters. James, tell me about yours. Vampire Weekend's first album came out uh, self-titled. Uh, I would have picked the song Cape Cod Quasa Quasa, which is an excellent song. It's a great name, too. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Panic! The Disco released their second album. Yeah, because 2005. Yeah, their second album, which was called... Speaking of uh, punctuation, Panic! The Disco got rid of the exclamation point and instead had two periods for their album titled Pretty Period Odd Period. So yes. then that was like an intentional in interviews talked about the 2000s were a weird time folks that uh that song I would have picked off that one is called that green gentleman parentheses things have changed uh it's I don't care for that album overall but I love that song things very, are shaping very, very up much. to be pretty odd yeah it also contains the album title so yes. that's uh <laughs> whenever I sing that song I always sing it things are shaping up to be pretty odd I put the I sing the punctuation in there as best I can. Love it, excellent. <laughs> it's ju- just how uh, E. B. White would have wanted you to sing it. I had I was like not W. E. B. Du Bois. That's a different thing. Very different. Pick, pick your other E. B. <sighs> wow. Uh, Thrice was in the middle of releasing um, these uh, these two EPs uh, that covered two elements each. Uh, they first released uh, Fire and Water, and in 2008, they released uh, Air and Earth. And the last track on, on the Earth part is called Child of Dust, and it ends. They put a microphone in a box and buried it and kept it on so you can hear, like, it sounds like you're being buried in a coffin. Oh, gosh. Like, it's intense microphone work. It's very, very good. Uh, R.E.M. released an album called Accelerate, which was very, very good. Um, I think Hollow Man was the name of the song that I really liked. Uh, it was that one of those like I hadn't really been digging what they'd been releasing, but this one was like yay, and and then and then and then they broke up. Taylor Swift released Fearless, uh, which has some very good songs on it. Uh, Flight of the Concords released their first uh, their self titled album uh, from their first season of television. I would have picked Mother Uckas because it's the only time I've ever heard a song uh, make a joke out of bleeping um like intentionally making a joke out of bleeping in the best way loved it very very much that whole album is excellent uh nine inch nails released an album like a box set of instrumental stuff um some of which you can hear in hip-hop songs that are coming out today um but also they released a song an album called the slip which was also free um and it had a song called one million on it which was very good Fleet Foxes had their self-titled debut, which had White Winter Hymnal on it, uh, which is a very good song, and was the winner of the first Contrast Podcast Festive 50. Nice. Nope, the second Contrast Podcast Festive 50. Almost as nice. Almost as nice. Uh, Weezer released the Red Album, which uh, the first half of that album is amazing, and it also has other songs on it uh, after that, too. 
Um, My Morning Jacket released Evil Urges, the title track, and Aluminum Park. Offspring released, I can't think of the album title, but they had a sort of a comeback album too. Uh, had You're Gonna Go Far Kid was the song I would have picked off that. Uh, Girl Talk released Feed the Animals, which is the Girl Talk album I prefer, which is, it's very good. It's very, very good. Less Than Jake released GNVFLA, uh, which is an album that I mentioned last episode in 2009. Um, and it starts with uh, a slow song called City of Gainesville, and it goes into a fast song called State of Florida, and I would have uh, I would have uh, moved to present them as one uh, if I'd brought them to the to the table listen i have i have something i'm gonna move to present as one so like yeah we'll, for we'll, sure we'll get there eventually metallica the airborne toxic event uh released uh their first album uh which had sometime around midnight on it which is an excellent song also shout out to rihanna um because if you mention airborne toxic event or uh motion city soundtrack you have to shout out rihanna uh ockerville river uh released the stand-ins so lost coastlines i have just started getting into Ockerville River like in the past yeah. year and a half. It, they've been showing up more and more on my Spotify, and I just keep going, damn, this is good stuff. Yeah. Um, Lost Coastlines cribs a baseline from an old song. I don't want to spoil it for you listeners, but it's wonderful, and uh, that baseline always works. I'm just going to say it right now. And uh, All American Rejects released Gives You Hell um, on their third album. Uh, which was good, and uh, Fall Out Boy released Fully Do, which I didn't appreciate as much at the time, but which I appreciate more now having covered it on the Scavengers Network podcast, Thanks for the Lyrics. Um, $20 Nosebleed is the song I would probably picked off that at this point, because we covered it, and it's very good, and Brandon Urie from Panic of the Disco is on it, and it's a very good song. At the time, I would have picked What a Catch Donnie, which uh, has just a whole bunch of people singing Fall Out Boy so- lines at the end of the song, which is, uh, it's like catnip to old Jamesy. And that is my very short list. So, If you don't name this, uh, this episode uh, catnip to old Jamesy, I'm yeah. going to be sad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, will, I will tell you that old Jamesy will have more than one L in it. Oh, it had, um, it had better. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Um, okay, so Daniel, what song uh, did you bring for the song compromise for 2008? Well, uh, my hint that I had given was Sultan Kosan on Twitch, a cursory Google of Sultan Kosan. Oh boy, now I'm looking at it. It says it's called Sultan Kosan. I may have done mm. a typo on that, but. He holds the Guinness World Record for uh, being the tallest man on Earth, which is the name of the artist for my pick. Mm-hmm. The tallest man on Earth. Yep. So, uh, first of all, like Christian Matson is his name. Um, he is a Swedish musician, just performs under the tallest man on Earth. And he's, first of all, just a very pretty man. Uh, mm-hmm. Although I will say, I haven't seen him up close. Maybe not all that tall. Maybe, yeah, I don't think that he is, strictly speaking, actually the tallest man on Earth. <laughs> Perhaps um, not even the tallest man in the room. That's no, all I'm saying. No, he's, he's not an exceptionally tall individual. I really love his music. Uh, in 2008, he released the album Shallow Grave, which has banger after banger on it. Uh, it's, yep. it is slam packed full of great songs. Uh, but I think my favorite one off that album is into the stream, which was how I got Twitch because with Twitch, you stream things. And so I went right. Sultan Kosan yeah. or Sultan Kosan on Twitch because it's into the stream by the tallest man on earth. Got it. Got it. Got it. That's, I think, listen, I think that's a very good hint and I was very excited to see, uh, that that was what you had picked. Thank so, you. So, um, yeah. My hint for you was just as sort of, um, you know, just sort of straightforward. It was a f- full crossword puzzle. Yep. Sith Papa was the answer to a non-clue uh, thing that I'm really still proud of. And uh, over the course of it, uh, you, you, de- you would decipher that uh, Craig Finn is the singer uh, the album is called Stay Positive. The band is called The Hold Steady, and the song is called Ask Her for Adderall. 
at the time, it was a bonus track that you had to download, get from blogs. It was a very some very 2008, like, who has the best buy version sort of deal. Yeah. Um, but I did get all of them, and then they, of course, Spotify just has them just sort of there. There. All there with no work. Kids these days. Stay Positive is my go-to Hold Steady album, and I love it very much. And this is a great sort of capper on the end of um, a Bruce Springsteen album that was not made by Bruce Springsteen because they're much younger than Bruce Springsteen. Much, I think, can be said uh, for many of the Hold Steady's songs as this is a Bruce Springsteen song. Yep. Not a complaint. No. Just a fact. For sure. Uh, <laughs> but it's like if if Bob Mould started singing Bruce Springsteen, like started writing Bruce Springsteen songs now, but with his consciousness in like a 17-year-old angsty teen. Mm-hmm. That's particularly Boys and Girls of America uh, as a, the album. But uh, Stay Positive is a fantastic album. Uh, similarly, My Sister that I discussed earlier who uh, got me into After Hours by We Are Scientists got me into The Hold Steady. And we went to go see them live once and it was just a heck of a show. I once... Hey, you. so you've seen The Hold Steady. Yes. Um, so these two bands do very good shows that we have between us and I'm sure you've seen Tallest Man on Earth live? Nope. Hey, look at that. Hey, between us, <laughs> we've seen each other's picks. It's amazing. and stuff. That's fun. I assume you've seen the whole study live? Nope. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> nope. Not at all. Nope. Uh, hey, shout out to my sister for having killer music taste and being like, hey, dummy, we're going to see Tallest Man on Earth. Shout out to my sister for having just killer music tastes and saying, hey, dummy, we're going to go see the whole study. Here's an album of theirs that I think you'll like. And here's my one to five star rating for each song <laughs> just so you're prepared for it and this one just says <laughs> ew on it because <laughs> there's one song that she does not like when did you discover that you were living in mirror universes and the mirror was the hold steady and the tallest man on earth <laughs> that's the very specific niche mirror such that... a niche mirror that is incredible <laughs> uh, of course and my sister uh did not say anything at all um, almost at all, because she's a very quiet woman. So, just like me. Anyways, Daniel, so... <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, uh, I would love to know uh, what aspects you're going to pull out of Into the Stream by Tallest Man on Earth for our song compromise for 2008. I would love to get into it. So, the stream... Into the stream. Yes, I would love to get into the stream and also get into my picks for Into the love Stream. It. My first aspect is something that is prevalent throughout basically all of the Tallest Man on Earth songs. It's something that Christian Matson I think, is very, very good at and something that, as a musician, I wish I was better at. And in, in learning the banjo, I have gotten significantly better at it throughout the course, but I want it to be very finger-picking heavy so excellent when you're you know playing guitar you can strum with a pick you can pick the individual strings with a pick or you can finger pick which basically is using your fingers as the pick and it lets you you know pluck a couple of strings at once and like do a lot of very complex things that just picking with a standard pick wouldn't let you do. And Christian Matson is so good at it. And the, the mm, finger mm -hmm. picking in this one is very bright and active and uh, gorgeous. Absolutely yeah. gorgeous. So that is one of my aspects. Absolutely. I, I love it. They, he, one of a uh, percussive guitar is, is when I think of tallest man on earth, I think of that, that, that finger picking is sort of being like another instrument in yes. addition to a guitar. So. Yes, I think he, he very much uses the rhythm of the picking uh, very intentionally and like particularly relies on the deepest string of his guitar, usually tuned to an E. I'm not going to say the E string as as a good like kind of driving, consistent mm. beat throughout his, his songs. And I love that. Love that. My 
second aspect is one of my favorite things in songs that have kind of this sadder quality to it. So this is the this song is in the key of B minor. Okay. And like you can tell it's got that minor key aspect because he's finger picking so it's a little bit harder to to tell the chords. Um but he goes from a B minor into a G and it just has this like this melancholy almost to it. Mm. along with the vocal line and the vocal line is particularly what i'm like focusing on for this aspect okay because the note that he's singing goes into a minor sixth of the chord okay so like the the root of the chord is a b and he's singing uh g which is the minor sixth and the the harmony that it hits with the chord even though the chord's being finger picked but it has this just like the kind of step of the chord and the lyrical note has this very sad aspect like this very sad quality to it that i absolutely love Mm. love that it's i think really hits at the line just let her die uh Mm. so the the verses say goodbye to the weather girl just let her die and it really hits this like i said kind of melancholic and and almost sad quality to it just musically and i love that yeah very nice. So that so the aspect you're pulling is the minor sixth. Yes, hitting a, hitting a minor sixth uh, in the vocal line, like in the singing of it, hitting a minor sixth. Okay. Okay. And then my last aspect is lyrically. If we pick apart this song, it doesn't seem to make any sense. Mm-hmm. I can't. Okay. Fi- I've tried figuring out what this song is about. And I just can't. So I'm putting okay. largely nonsensical lyrics as my third aspect. Interesting. Very, very interesting. I'm thinking of all the headaches. You know, uh, he reminds me, Talisman on Earth always sort of reminds me of a certain era of Bob Dylan. Right before Bob Dylan started giving me headaches about trying to figure, because like Bob Dylan goes from, you know what this is about, racism. Like, yeah. you got it. To, there's a certain point where you're like, am I having a dream right now? What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I can uh, I can get aboard uh, nonsense lyrics. Uh, this is going to be very interesting with my aspects, though. I'm very excited about that. I am very excited as well. James. Yes. Would you like to hit us with those aspects? I very, very much would. And here it is. Uh, first of all, m- uh, musically, an ever-present organ, just like an organ sound that is just there, sort of like a Rolling Stony kind of a little bit. It's play. I'm sure it's playing different notes, but in my, it's almost like a drone in the background, and I love that. It has kind of a feels sort of like a gospely sort of deal. Uh, Try a little tenderness is also sort of has that sort of like, hey, there's an organ in here, but sh- 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 don't pay attention to it. It's yeah. a secret organ. Uh, secret organization. Uh, then, uh, if then statements in the lyrics in Ask Her for Adderall, it's like, if she asks you this, tell her that. If she asks you this, tell her that. So that'll be fun to to do um, sort of da-da nonsense stuff. And my third aspect, A-A-B-B-C-C-D-D, etc., etc., rhyme structure. So like, you know, couplets of lyrics. Um yeah. By the way, uh, anyone who's listening, I'm sure I've actually recommended this before on this podcast, but uh, if you've never listened to 88 Lines About 44 Women, it's the best song that's composed of couplets that I've ever heard in my life. So It is, I mean, a very, very good, well-written song for the mm. for its conceit. Yep, exactly. For its conceit, the James Anderson story. <laughs> conceit. So, uh, <laughs> conceit. Um... Uh, I have a bonus aspect, by which I mean I wanted to have four, but I'm gonna try and work it in. But this will be like Kyle's bonus aspect of like uh, the near the near rhyme uh, curse, like not curse, curse not curse thing mm-hmm. from uh, Control. If possible, I'd like to include uh, the mention of two bands that were making music in the same decade that are entirely unrelated. That is what I was expecting one of your actual <laughs> aspects to be. It was, uh, I think, AABBCC rhyme structure took the place of 
that on my spreadsheet, which had been there since early, early on. In Ask of Roderall, they, they talk about the Rolling Stones and the Ramones. Oh, if they can rhyme, that'd be even better. But I want them to be as unrelated musically as we can possibly get them. If that's the way the song goes. That's the way song goes. All right, so what I have is uh, Finger Picking Good, hitting a minor sixth in the vocals, uh, largely nonsense lyrics, ever-present organ, if-then statements, A-A-B-B-C-C rhyme structure, and if I'm feeling saucy, and the rhymes work, and the nonsense works, mentioning two bands that were making music in the same decade, but are sort of largely musically unrelated. Yes. Whew. These are good. This is going to be a weird one. This is going to be a very weird one. This is going to be very weird. I listened to Apollo 18 for the first time uh, last week. This week? Last for the week? first time? This week. Yeah. This oh, week, dang. Because it, it's, I'm doing this thing where I'm, I'm, I'm seeing what came out 30 years ago each day and stuff, like comic okay. books, movie, TV stuff. I believe Apollo 18 came out for the, uh, 30 years ago uh, on the 24th. Yeah, uh, yesterday. 30 years ago yesterday. And I was like, there's no way this is... Yep. All right. I'm into... Like, I immediately... Like, expectations were met and surpassed almost immediately, which was really cool mm-hmm. to, to have happen. Uh, Apollo 18, which will probably be talked about in our 1992 <laughs> episode. Um, Who knows, though? Who could it's tell? A, it is an album by They Might Be Giants, which is one of my favorite bands. And uh, that was right when, like... CDs and randomizers mm-hmm. were being released. So there's a track at the end that is just labeled as one track. And due to some errors in the UK and Australia was just released as one full track is dozens of like short bit, like three to six second long little musical stabs that have yeah. n- almost nothing to do with each other. Yeah. And the idea was that you would put that CD on and randomize it and get a full song like On Dean and then, oh, crazy random bit that you didn't expect. And then the pencil rain. And then, like, so the function huh. of it, they they played into the idea that randomizers were a thing and they're like, great, let's do this and really explore in that space. And I love it. I love that too. I there was a a guy on the Conscious Podcast whose blog was called Fingertips because of in tribute to that track. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's like what if uh, Revolution Nine, but for 1992. Yeah, I have seen that they might be giants perform Fingertips uh-huh. live a couple of times. Yeah, and let me tell you, the energy in the room when they start doing Fingertips is electric because like most people i would say the the times i've seen it most people who are there can recite fingertips in the original order just off the cuff just like go and they'll do it it's just one of those things that like sure if if you're they might be giants fan like you can probably do that. I, I phrased that wrong. I didn't mean that to sound like if you if you can't do it, you're not a They Might Be Giants fan. This is this is not a gatekeeping podcast. It's like but, a, a not alternatives or tortoises or that you know people that can are They Might Be Giants the, fans. Yes, but, exactly. Yeah, but it's just so fun when you've got a room full of people singing these random. What's that blue thing doing here? And then moving on. It's it's great. It's so much fun. Um, I'd just like to take a moment and imagine someone, uh, I just set myself on a little journey uh, that knows all the words to fingertips in the correct order, in totem, the whole thing, but is not. <laughs> they might be giants. Like, they might be <laughs> <laughs> not, do, not, not doesn't like them, but it's sort of a, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're fine. But knows fingertips cold. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, what are we? Th- what 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 genre are we thinking? Is there going to be a genre here? Boy, that's a good question. Um, so, finger picking, I think, does typically lend itself to certain genres. Mm-hmm. Like if you've got a if finger picking is in the forefront 
like finger picking a guitar or a banjo, uh, like that's gonna be singer songwriter, folksy, bluegrassy sort of stuff. Maybe some some indie rock or or lighter rock. You don't get a whole lot mm-hmm. of finger picking and like heavy rock, but like I'd say one of the right. most famous. I mean, I'm gonna show my own ass saying this probably but one i'd say that one of the most famous like entirely finger-picked songs is um jessica by the allman brothers mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. i think al- so also covered by they might be giants on one of their uh eps it's well, very different and very good i don't think we have to limit ourselves to that is the thing is we could do that with really a lot of different things. Sure, sure. I mean, it may be just the, you know, thinking about They Might Be Giants, thinking about, I think their name is The Nails. Is that 88 songs about 44 women? Sort of weird late 80s, early 90s sort of. You've moved to college and you are not wanting to listen to. I mean, co- college rock for sure is the, is oh, right. the name sure. for yeah, that. Oh, right, sure, yeah, there is a name for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I... <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I do like the idea of college rock uh, as a potential genre. I think there's also an interesting space in, like... I'm trying to... See, now I'm stuck without the, the genre name, but, like, late 60s... If we're going to have an ever-present organ... Yeah. Like yeah. an organ and finger picking, like a strong electric guitar sound. Feels kind of yeah, like uh, uh, the band is kind of where I was. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit the band, I think. Kind of. Blood, sweat, and tears, maybe a, a little bit. A little. I was thinking maybe kind of like almost psychedelic a little mm-hmm. bit. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Which would be an interesting avenue to explore. And that nonsense lyrics will, works works pretty well there. True. And. I mean, psychedelic can kind of be whatever. So hitting a minor sixth with the vocal line would be easy peasy, sweet and breezy, mm-hmm. as they say in the music industry all the time. Yep, absolutely. Hitting the minor sixth, easy peasy, sweet and breezy. So they uh, they actually they call it hitting the minor sixth when they there's a. Uh... A small coffee shop on Sixth Avenue that they they say, "Hey, let's go hit the minor six. Let's hit the minor six. And like, and the musicians always are like, "I guess," and they say they go to sing, and everyone laughs at them. Yep, because inside jokes, because record labels are bullies. Um, so, <laughs> so oh, I mean, I really like the idea of sort of like a acid washed folk sort of deal, like. Yeah, we got electric guitars, we got acoustic guitars, we got some organs back there. You don't, you aren't maybe necessarily on drugs, but you could have fooled you by how these lyrics make you feel, sort of stuff. Like a Pink Floydy kind of, but with more finger picked stuff yes. going on. Yes, okay. I, I really like that. Like a the first the first quiz I ever took in my critical thinking class my freshman year of college the bonus question was who sang the song the 1967 number one hit in Sense and Peppermints and the answer was the strawberry alarm clock because it was the 60s and you know who cares Word, um, words didn't mean anything yeah, exactly, when it came exactly. to music at that point right yeah so I mean I think that's a good, that's a good area to be in there there's all sorts of good um, like organ stuff from back then and uh yeah. garage bands got a lot of really good organ voices that uh perfect. that can kind of mimic that um perfect trying to remember what the what the word is um what's like a cl- like a clav or a mellotron mm-hmm. uh probably more of a clav a mellotron is definitely an more early 90s. synthesizer yeah. weird thing but um Mellotron is constantly in my head uh, associated with Smashing Pumpkins. Fair. I can see that. Mellotron is the one that you... It was basically like sampled, but analog? Uh, yeah. Mellotron was also, I think, my favorite Alan Rickman role from Dogma. Oh, I was going to say uh, my favorite Transformer. D- yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, people were at home going, make the damn joke. <laughs> Just one of you I, make the joke and move on. I want to say that um, I really liked that dogma joke. Thank you. Thank you. I was proud of it. Daniel, can I get... Um, I'd like to, to ask you for some help with these nonsense lyrics. Yes. Can I have uh, five to seven words that are entirely as unassociated with each other as you can possibly think? Absolutely. He asked the improviser. <laughs> uh, let's go. Do you want them right now? Yeah, I mean... W- yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, okay, yes. Uh, okay, we're going to go with moon. Oh my God, now I can only think of Lucky charm shapes. This is not good. Cereal. Okay. Feather. All right. Twist. All right. That's four. Fortify. Got it. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Well, I wanted to do that because if they're nonsense lyrics, we don't need to talk about what the song's about. That's so. true. <laughs> we don't really have that much more to talk about with this song, yeah. do we? I, I mean, I think that it's going to be a fun experiment in, in both lyrics and music, sort of finding a cool, weird as hell college rock. Did these guys leave the 60s or were they in the college basement for all these 20, 25 years until we found them in 1993? Sound? Um but I think it's gonna be fun. But we don't need to like construct like what are we trying to say here? So I think I think that means that we can move on to hints if that's where you are. I think that's where I am. All right. Daniel, would you hit me up with one of the with with you got any more of those hints? I do have a, a hint for you. Great. Uh my hint is an obvious pick. What's left over, accompanied by shadows. Okay. My hint for you, I'm cribbing a little bit from the people that I crib from most, the Yule Brothers. And my hint is based in antonyms. Okay. And so I have six words for you. I have alphabetized them so as to further draw them away from their associations and uh, make them a little harder. And... Uh, here they are. Ready? Yes. Beaver. Brave. Day. Fox. Ram. Surrender. Beaver. Brave. Day. Fox. Ram. Surrender. That's right. It sounds like the code that you'd use to wake up the Winter Soldier, but it's not. It's the hint from my 2007 uh, song. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. I'm... Excited about all of these things. The song, the hints, the episode, the honorable monsters, reading from my blog. Everything about it. Everything about it. I am also excited. Hey, I love that. All right, so we have some social media for you, and that is going to start with the Twitter handle for this podcast, uh, which is at Frank's Jukebox. We have a Twitter handle for our network, Scavengers Network, which you can find on Twitter at ScavengersNet. Uh, you can find me individually on Twitter at UnabashedJames. And Daniel, where can people find you on Twitter or elsewhere? Uh, they can find me at Dantendo64. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, I will have just completed doing a month full of puzzles. Uh, I was doing the month challenge March, where... Uh, we would get a prompt each day and create puzzles based off that prompt. So uh, check me out on Dantendo64. I will have a thread full of different puzzles that I made for you if you are the puzzling type. I've done some of them, not to brag, but more than one. So Ooh. that's just how I'm heading my head high. That doesn't. <laughs> All right. That... It's the most you thread on your Twitter handle, and I'm going to say that right now. Well, um, thank you. That's very kind of you. Yeah, you, you do an excellent job. You're, hey, listener, you're going to be stumped. Try it. I want you to be stumped. Daniel is a very good puzzler. It's there puzzling. Are, no, no, it's not, not stumped. You're going to find it challenging is what There I mean. are some that you will find so challenging that you are stumped because they were poorly designed. I will admit that there are some not good puzzles on there, but the majority of them I do think are good and are solvable. You can't 
No. Okay. I was gonna make it try and make it you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs, but have eggs be enigma, but I can't think of a word for omelet. So um yeah. You can't make okay. a game without well, breaking enigma. There you go. Because if you take the letters yeah. in Enigma, mm-hmm. you have the game. The yeah. letters of game are there, so you have to break Enigma to make a game. In game, you yeah. have to break. Yeah. Um, isn't I N the? I mean, I N is also in there. Yeah, but if you're if you're yeah, breaking yeah. Enigma, if you're bre- you're just breaking right. the letters off. Right. And I mean, it does still leave another word. Yes, but I still like you can't make game without breaking Enigma. Still kind like of it. gets the yeah, thing because yeah. it's still yeah. there. Sure, but I do. I do know that you you love your your complete things and uh, yeah. com- completing it to be in game is yeah. is a lot more James. That's okay. I'll, you can just, you can just leave me with the nickel that's left over. <laughs> chemistry, 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 chemistry. Um, that. Hey everyone, there's a Patreon for Scavengers Network, and you can find that at patreon.com slash the scavengers network. Uh, for two dollars or more a month, you can get access to all sorts of bonus content. At some point, there'll be something from this show. Do we have we put something up from this show yet? Nope. No. But we're going to this year at some point. Yes, we will. That's the plan, and it's gonna happen. So yes. sign up now. There's lots of stuff. There's lots of stuff with Daniel. There's lots of stuff with with me. And then there's going to be more. So the, the thing about Patreon that doesn't make sense, like, if you're interested, sign up now. Because it's just going to be more and more and more and more. It's already a bunch of stuff, and there's just more stuff coming out. So sign up now. Yep. Patreon.com slash The Scavengers Network. We also have a Spotify playlist where we keep dropping our uh, songs for each year as the episode goes live. So you can listen to the Frankenstein's Jukebox Host Picks uh, Spotify playlist. The link should be in the notes. And slowly and surely, as we're getting these song premises written and recorded, they're going on our SoundCloud, which is also related to my SoundCloud. It's just soundcloud.com slash Nintendo 64. Listen to some songs that I've made from this podcast. Listen to some songs I've made for another podcast. And all of those songs are bizarre covers of All Star. Bizar- bizarre is, is not, I would say, excellent. I would say cursed I I- with some of them. And cursed, you know, cursed has a big. Uh, people say that cursed is bad. Cursed isn't always bad. Yeah, but also cursed, cursed isn't good. special, as uh, you know, as some of our friends are aware. Cursed isn't special. That's true. That's true. As former, as some former guests of this this particular podcast program have said, that is correct. Our friend Kyle did an amazing cover of "Creep" from Frosty the Snowman's point of view, and. Yeah. Cursed isn't special as a line from that, which, you know, maybe we'll eventually get that as some bonus content on Scavnet because yeah. that's tied into another Scavengers Network show, Wet Hot American Moon Juice. A NaNoWriMo podcast. Boy, howdy. We've been talking about our friends for a while because we've got very talented friends. We do. We do. And the thing is that I think that you and I also talented. I would agree with that. I do think that we are. All right, hey, let's let's get out of here and and go and make a weird song. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm James Anderson. I'm Daniel Spencer. We'll see you last year. The Scavengers Network, creator driven, community focused, treasured content. Are you a fan of Boy Meets World? Do you enjoy rewatch podcasts? Well, then you should check out The Lost Years, a retrospective fan cast hosted by me, Tay. And me, Sid. It's my favorite show of all time. And I've never seen it. Each week, we're recapping a new episode of Boy Meets World, sharing bits of nostalgia and learning a wholesome lesson. Join us on our rewatch journey, won't you? School's in session every Tuesday, wherever you find your podcasts. What else do you need to know?